Hey, welcome to Break the Money. Curse, this is your boy Drew. It's your boy D Money. What's going on, man? Man, I just had a power outage yesterday. The weather here has been terrible. So I was yeah. so tired because I had to go outside. I had to go to the library to get internet, man. <laughs> oh, you had to leave the house to do your job. I had once. to leave the house, yes. <laughs> welcome to the real world. I know. Uh, I, um, we actually had terrible weather here as well. Uh, you know, we, we've been, I think they said, uh, last year or this year has been one of the driest years in over 20 years in, in, uh, in Southern California. Mm. Uh, and we, it rained quite a bit yesterday. So that was a nice welcome change. I don't think we've, we've had that much rain all year. So it was, it was, it was cool. Yeah, man. That's that's the only thing because I definitely do want to move to to the West Coast, but I know you guys uh, suffer from some droughts from time to time. So I mean, it's I mean it doesn't really impact quality of life. You know, you, you do what you need to do. We, we pull yeah, water. pull water from other states, y'all. Y'all keep us going. I think I mean there needs to be a way to pull water from like all the way from like the East Coast states because there's an overabundance of water there because of, you know <laughs> the flooding and everything that happens. I'm sure America can do it. Just like build some type of piping, you know, from just say Virginia, you know, mm-hmm. to to uh, Arizona, Cali, all those states, and, yeah. and reuse those. Reuse we use those of, resources. We actually use a lot of recycled water. Um, so like car washes and like to water the sides of the roadways. Um, a lot of, a lot of those things use recycled water, which isn't, you know, drink, drinking quality water. Mm. Yeah. So. Cool. So today, uh, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to go a little bit of different, uh, different in, in the podcast. I've been listening to a book, uh, which I'll just say this is my D, D money's loving. Uh, it's the psychology of money by uh, Morgan Hassel. Um, and, you know, I like reading books like this from time to time because, you know, I definitely like the technical, you know, self-help stuff that really tells you, OK, these are the things that you can do, you know, to build wealth, things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, money is more uh it's very psychological you know Mm -hmm. i I think um obtaining money keeping money the way we spend money all that is not just a matter of you know i know the right thing to do it's like why don't we do the right thing you know it's it's very psychological so yeah i think on last week's episode on a recent they all blend together we talked about how um well, we always talk about like you know the the philosophy of um, more money, more problems, right? The more you make, the more you spend. But also, um, like when you're, I think it was the predatory lending episode we were talking about, like when you're in the midst of something, you feel like, you know, I really need to spend this money. This is the most important thing, right? Uh, and then maybe years later, when you're reflecting, it's like the way I was spending my money, those, those things weren't necessities. Like I could have made those sacrifices, but in the moment it feels like absolutely like an urgent thing you have to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it feels like a need almost. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's just like, I guess that, that's one reason I like YNAB is it made me really clear on what my needs and wants were because 
it's just a roadmap of how I spent my money. And then I can mm-hmm. just decide, man, was that really a need? You know, I remember spending thousands of dollars on McDonald's. I remember saying this. And, you know, that was more of a want. Like I could have just, <laughs> you know, I had the time to, to eat healthier, uh, actually mm-hmm. cook and different things like that. But yeah, you know, a lot of times we just think that things are needs, but they're really wants. And I think sometimes for a lot of people, a lot of this might be be tied into your age and your maturity, right? So the things that really shake our lives when we're in our 20s, um, by the time you get to your 30s and 40s, they don't really phase you, right? Yeah. Um, and so you, um, for a lot of people, not everybody, because some people just stay in this kind of same spot, but for a lot of people, um, as time progresses and you have time to learn um, and evolve, you start making better decisions. So I think, you know, when you think about anything that has to do with psychology or money, it's kind of um, where you where you are in that space and time really kind of dictates the decisions that you make. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let's get into this. You know, I, I found this article by uh, Morgan Hassel. It's called The Spectrum of Wealth. And really what this uh, article is kind of targeting, I think he names like 19 things. And it's kind of challenging, you know, what this, what wealth is. Because wealth, I think, is a subjective thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we all would say, you know, someone is wealthy if they have a billion dollars. But I think there's other types of wealth. There's financial wealth. There's mental wealth. You know, a lot of different types of wealth. Uh, and he, he's, he started uh, the article off by referencing a, a Chris uh, Rock joke. So Chris Rock joke that Bill Gates would jump out of the window if he woke up with Oprah's money, right? That's how like <laughs> rich that that uh, Bill Gates is in comparison to to Oprah. And, you know, it's just like at times, like, you know, what he's saying is we're always comparing ourselves to someone else, you know, yeah. uh, in, in terms of wealth. So, you know, I remember uh, back when I was in my 20s and I was just like, I remember my first job was $27,000. And I was like, man, if I could just get to $50,000, like I would be so good. Right. And then once I got to $50,000, I was like, I realized uh, that wasn't enough for me. Right. And I was yeah. like, man, if I could just get to 75 and then it was like, if I could just get to six figures. Right. And then yeah. it's like, there's always like this rap. I don't know. It's like this thing that you're chasing. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, negotiating for like my first job that was like a career job. And I think um, like it was such a big deal for me to make 35K. Uh, and now like thinking about a job that pays that, it's like, dang, that's, that would be, <laughs> that would be a struggle life. And to your point, it's like, I remember, like, I remember trying to get to that 50K Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I moved back to Chicago and uh, I was interviewing for this job and my boss was like, I, I, oh, they'll, ne- they'll never pay you that. Like, and like the person I was interviewing with was like, it's Chicago. Like, <laughs> and like 50K at the time was such a big deal in Chicago. Right. Um, and I was like, I just want to get to 100K before I'm 30. And then you get there and it's like, <laughs> I know, right? I need more money to sustain I need more. lifestyle. I need more, right? You just and what, I mean, what is that, though? Is that because, like, our lifestyle, you know, it's called lifestyle creep. Like, have our lifestyle, you know, gone up so much? Or are we spending on more wants than needs? Like, what is that? You know, it's just like, I can't imagine. Because <laughs> at one point, we made it work, right? We made yeah. it work living on $35,000, $50,000. And then it's yeah. just like... 
why can't we do that now? And inflation, uh, I mean, and when you talk about like the rates for like you and I in particular that our incomes have increased, like inflation has like you, that isn't even in like a small part of the equation, you know? Right. It's right. just the way that we use our money. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. So today we'll, we'll get into this article and uh, basically we, we won't go through this whole list because I mean, we don't have time to go through 19 things, but I'm just going to maybe pick out some of my favorite ones and we just going to kind of talk about them. Uh, so this would be the question is, what would a spe- spectrum of wealth look like if you describe it with words, not numbers? So, you know, we're not saying, you know, wealthy is a million dollars, you know, a billion dollars. So this first one um, I'll talk about is actually number two. Can we just list. answer the question before you get into the list without so would, with, without referencing okay. the list? What would what would wealth look like? So for to me, wealth to me looks like freedom of time, mm-hmm. um, freedom of choice, and uh, a lot of options flexibility options like that's that's what i think of i think of having just options you know you know when i love my 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 fraternity line name because i think it described me it described my personality Hmm. and it was proteus right it was someone Hmm. who could basically uh agree god who could form into different many shapes I, i like to be flexible i like to have a lot of options because when you when you have that you know, we talk about a lot of things. There's just a lot of things that you can do. You know, you, yeah. you can you can you can get in where you fit in. You can, um, you know, we talked about predatory lending. I may not be uh, subject to predatory lending because I have other options. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have to, you know, leave my place because I can have I can go to another place. You know, yeah. it's just that's what I think of when, when I think of of wealth. Yeah, and I think. My pursuit, when I look at this question, my, my, my pursuit is happiness, not wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like, I don't like any kind of... So my actually, it's pretty similar to yours. I don't like any kind of shackles. I don't like nobody telling me what to do. Um, I've always kind of been like a rebel in the sense that I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it on my terms. Right. And uh, the hard part when you think about that definition for me is... I don't know that I that is obtainable. Mm. I mean, that would yeah. take a lot of money for me to be able to do whatever the hell I wanted to do every day. Because some days I just don't want to do shit. But <laughs> to sustain a lifestyle that you can do what you want to do when you want to do it, you kind of got to keep making the money work for you. And that, that does take some investment, right? Yeah, I mean that's why I think we talk about every every week on the show is if you start early, you know, you, you I think it is attainable. But I think it's yeah, it's it's you have to get clear on what you need because when you say it's not attainable, I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, are you saying that you would need an unlimited amount of money? To Maybe for that to happen. I don't want to go. I don't see the point in like getting in that little yeah that little dick shape rocket and going to space you know that's not what i'm trying to do because <laughs> it's just like if you're if you're saying okay i could do me for maybe 10, it's attainable ten thousand dollars a month if you had ten thousand you had something bringing in ten thousand dollars a month where you didn't have to do anything to yeah you know bring Actually, that in yeah, i feel like you could live it. your life i could because i don't really want to do that much 
Right. And that's Some days, the half the time, me wanting to do what I want to do means I'm not doing anything at all. Exactly, <laughs> right? So it's really probably not a mon- like a huge monetary expense when you really, really break it down. Yeah. It's just, let me find something that I can do where it's bringing, where it's covering that monetary expense, where I don't have to emit my labor, right? Yeah. And like, also, that's, like, that's it brings me joy, you know? Like, I've never been someone... Like, I always wanted to be somebody that wakes up and I could say, I love my job. Yeah. But the reality is, there's not a job on Indeed.com <laughs> that right, I would wake up <laughs> and be like, man, I want to wake up at 6 or 5 in the morning every day and go through traffic and do that job. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it doesn't exist right now you just never know man we we are always changing like one thing that i thought that i wanted to do for the rest of my life and right now that's changing who knows 10 years from now it may be i wanted to just manage you know our our rental properties mm-hmm. but covid has been tough right like these last yeah. few years have been tough and maybe it's kind of jaded me from that industry but what I thought is I would be very happy doing that for the rest of my life. And it's just like, uh, now I'm thinking about maybe we need to get a property manager to, to manage these because I would like to be more hands off. But um, do you think, but that, that, and that's what I'm saying. It is, it, it's changing for me right now. So think about if you were to fast forward and you were retired, right? And so mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't have the responsibility of a nine to five mm-hmm. and and, and and you know that's all and i and i let me just get my thought out cuz <laughs> i have a lot swirling in my mind i think the 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 rat race of the everyday life makes the things that we want to do less enjoyable right yeah cuz yeah. by the time you're done giving everybody and your other responsibilities all that energy you don't you don't even want to, you just kind of want to, you don't want to be bothered with the things right. that you enjoy. It's right. even like, we can take this podcast, for example. There's some weeks that if we push hard enough, we can make the time to record it, right? Mm-hmm. But we know because our everyday lives are, it's taking so much from you and it's such a hassle to try to find the time that it's like, you know what, forget it. We're not even going to be able to bring a quality conversation to the table. So we'll just put it on pause. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree there. I definitely agree there. But when I, I, I think you can get to that point. I think you can. I mean, yeah. if you get clear on what is the m- amount of money that you need to live, and then just come up with a plan to actually do that, whether that mm-hmm. be investments or a business that you start now, and mm-hmm. five years later you're going to exit that business and it's going to cover your living expenses. Um, but I think the key thing is coming up with a plan because. You know, one thing I know I'm realizing is I don't think I ever want to be retired. I always I did think that no. I want to be retired and when not people retire, they die. right? Yeah, yeah do and something. not do anything. And no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like I definitely yeah. don't want to do that because I feel like I would lose my creativity. I feel like I would lose like my candor for life, my excitement. You know, after a while, even even and I think that's one of the the items on this list. It's talking about people who has all all the money. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't have to do anything else. But what does that look like for them mentally? Right. Psychologically. Yeah. I think I think you see people that have worked all their life and they finally get to that point that they can retire and they don't have a plan to do anything and they just die. Right. Our bodies aren't built to go 
from 100 to 5% of just like doing stuff. Yeah. Like I want to be able to, retirement for me looks like I'm not dependent on a specific stream of income, which means maybe my job is going to the homeless shelter one, you know, a couple times a week. And, you know, it's not necessarily something that's bringing me money, but it's bringing me some kind of fulfillment. fulfillment. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's wealth. That's right there as well. You know what I'm saying? Like you may only need a hundred thousand dollars a year to obtain that. By some standards, people would say you're not wealthy because of that monetary amount. But mm-hmm. you know, look at what your life reflects. So let's get into the the, the, the first one, and because I think this is going to lead to even more conversation. Yeah. Um, so uh, this person, your income is above average, but you are overcome with envy and a feeling of inadequacy towards those who earn more. So you know, yeah. Morgan Hassel calls this psychologically psychological deep poverty. You know, because yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, above average income, I would say definitely like for. You know, someone, you know, our age would probably be, you know, mid six, six figures or, or, or something like that. Um, but if you're mentally, you know, envious and feeling adequate because there's other people maybe in your age group or in your in your life, you know, that's earning more, you know, really, are you are, are you wealthy from that standpoint, even if you're wealthier than a lot of Americans, but psychologically you know, you're in deep poverty. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we always talk about this keeping up with the Joneses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of what we, when we talk about like that whole episode of the broke mindset, that's yeah. what this is, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can ever be in a healthy financial spot if you have your, 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 if your focus is, is on what someone else is doing, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot about the things that uh, that we consume and what we're seeing on social media and, um, you know, what people are saying is acceptable. And I think this this mindset for a lot of us starts at at childhood. And, you know, I think, you know, in that episode, the broke mindset, we talked about, like, being clowned as a kid for wearing wearing Payless shoes when there were other kids that probably lived in worse neighborhoods than we lived that were wearing that were rocking Jordans. Right. Yeah, um, and I think that's ingrained in us in a really young age that you know that that you know to be competitive in terms of the way that we spend and, and use our money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I agree. Um, so we can move to to the next one. Feel free to jump in through on any of the ones that you like. Yeah. Um, so number three, you have a large income and net worth that was acquired in a way that brings active disdain from people who will otherwise want to like you. So this is a socially bankrupt person. And this one is tough, you know, because to me, this is, you know, I always will want to do things that are moral and ethical, especially in the way that I obtain my wealth. Um, Because at the end of the day, I know people who feel like they don't need anyone else, right? As long as they Mm -hmm. got their money, as long as they got like all this, they, they feel like they could, just pay money to get someone to do whatever they want to do. But after a while, like that, that runs out, right? You can't just pay people to be your friend or pay people to, to be around you. And, well, I guess you can, but are those people going to be genuine? You know, like I like building genuine relationships with my mm-hmm. friends, with my family um, and don't want people to, you know, just be around me just because I have money. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure what this is trying to say. I'm kind of staring at the words. Um, but one thing that comes to mind is I think sometimes that we are so focused on the dollar signs and getting achieving our goals that we kind of leave people in the dust, right? Um, and and you can't. It's fun. I was watching Everybody Loves Raymond yet uh, yesterday and. <laughs> the episode he was like so busy with work and doing so much that he couldn't like sit down and enjoy breakfast with with his kids and he couldn't like take care of his responsibilities at home with his family um and i think even within your own household that kind of stuff starts building resentment you know yeah um, i don't really think that's that that's what this is talking about but uh I like i mean i don't know what do you see when you get it right. I mean, like a drug dealer right? yeah that builds the state you got right. a lot of money but you destroy right. the community yeah power right uh the the uh this just kind of reminds me of that the um uh the uh power uh did you watch the power show by 50 cent i don't like that show oh i love that show but i mean that's basically what it it, it was that's you know it's like this thing i don't like power is like a black person saying they don't know how to play spades i know right that show was <laughs> We even gotta go into that, but that's what that that's what this reminds me of, you know, just in the way that a lot of that wealth was obtained. I guess thinking about it, like this happens a lot, right? Because the more powerful you are, the more you have to make tough decisions that sometimes will alienate people, right? Mm-hmm. And or make unpopular decisions. So I guess I kind of get it, but yeah. All right, so this next one is one we were just talking about a few minutes ago. So you have so much money, you can do nothing. And doing nothing leads to boredom at best, self-destruction more often. So he calls this ironic poverty, which th- this is pretty pretty crazy because we were just talking about it. You have so much money, you can do nothing. But what happens? Like you're still impoverished mentally because mm-hmm. when you want to do nothing, you're just bored and you know idle time just having all this idle time like what does that really do to you mentally and physically and psychologically i don't know but i'd like to find out like (laughs) i don't want to find out (laughs) give me some idle time (laughs) see i think what i think what will happen with you you'll like that idle time for maybe a month or two yeah and then after that it's just be like uh i just think that there's always something else to stress about you know like this well, is we the, need stress, though. We the thing is, we uh, actually need stress. we need a certain level, a certain of amount. Yes, yes, a certain amount. But, I ain't saying a lot, but we need stress to grow. I, the, I don't know. I'm one of those people that just get my and that just get myself worked up for 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 no good reason. <laughs> and perfect example of this is, you know, how many people would dream to have like a three month vacation, right? Yeah. So I remember when I worked at Sears, I saw all these people getting laid off around me, right? And that job got so stressful that I was like, come on, hurry up, let my term come, let my time come so yeah. I can get my severance. I need yeah. my three month vacation, right? Yeah, yeah. But when it, the time finally came, I felt so relieved for one day. Yeah. <laughs> and then I spent the rest of that three months stressing about where my next job was going to be, was right. gonna, what it's going to be, how much I'm right. going to get paid, instead of like focusing on, like, yeah, I instead have, of enjoying it. Instead of enjoying it, like I had a yeah. three month vacation. Yeah. So that reminds me of, I mean, I ain't gonna say I had a, a two year vacation, but do you remember when I got laid off of United Way? Yeah. And I took two years off essentially. Like I didn't, 
yep. look for a job. You were actively two, pursuing anything. Yeah, for almost two years. And, you know, there were like little opportunities that came to me here and there, you know, mm-hmm. and I did like some contracting stuff. But for me, honestly, that was the, that was probably the most free I've ever felt in my life just because yeah. I remember making only like 30, 35,000 on like the, the, the stuff that I was doing. Mm-hmm. But the time, man, it was just like the freedom of time. And I made it work. You know, I lived like a college student. Of course, I didn't have yeah. any kids or anything like that. Yep. I lived like a college student, but it was just so invigorating. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the feeling for me personally that I'm always chasing. Yeah. It's, it's become more elusive as you start adding more people in your life, such as family and, and kids, because I think there's one way that you can live for yourself. But when you mm-hmm. start to have family, you can't expect them to want to live the same way right yeah you have to live up to their expectations as well yeah so to speak so to speak yeah all right um so uh this next one um that i have is uh your entire personality is built upon the appearance of being wealthy attracting a predatory that goes that word predatory social group that will abandon you without remorse the moment the money stops you know this when i think about this this reminds me of instagram for some reason yeah that's you what know, i was thinking like, about too yeah this this one is dangerous man and i think a lot of people in not only the younger generation but i, I think definitely the like younger generation but even you know some in our generation you know people are front right they they run you know and i, I i'm all i'm all about fake it till you make it yeah. from the mindset of it you know because i feel like that motivates you at least it motivated me you know mm-hmm. when, I, when i was younger but when you faking it and you going into debt and you like making all these poor decisions not only financially but socially what does that really do to you as a person you know i've never been big on like having friend groups um mm-hmm. because i think there's so much complexity that comes with that and i'm just like a you know, I'm very, I'm very much a keep it simple type of guy. I don't like a lot of nonsense. I have a short, <laughs> like, I just don't have a lot of patience. Um, and I believe in like having more individual, deep, deep relationships. You know, and I don't really have a lot of, a lot of drama or like, there's not a lot of expectation. Like, anybody that has an expectation of me typically ends up disappointment, disappointed because I'm very much <laughs> like I'm gonna do what I want to do type of guy. Uh, so I couldn't even imagine like being in that kind of mental prison where you're trying to keep up with this group of people and, and you know I yeah. do I say this a lot um, iron sharpens iron I said it right yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so I think sometimes it's good to like be around people that are aspirational or that, that you see bossing up that you can kind of uh, emul- you know fake, fake it till you make it but like when you're trying to keep up like if you feel the need that you that you have to you know fake appearances, then that's not really a relationship that you should really be investing time into. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I definitely agree. I mean, but some people like to have I don't know. That's where they get their validation from is to have people around them. You know, and I'm I'm like you. Like <laughs> I always say, I have a small group of. Of friends, mm-hmm. and I don't even hang with my friends all that much, you know. Yeah. Like, well, you have um, childrens, but even before that, <laughs> I, I was I never like was the person that was hanging out every single weekend, you know. Yeah, but 
that didn't stop my friendships from being strong. Like I would rather have a small group of really core tight friends mm-hmm. who've known me for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of grown. We've grown with each other yeah. than, you know, just having a group of people validating uh, me. Yeah, absolutely. That's All not right. friendship. Yeah, that's definitely not. Instagram friendship. <laughs> um, so this is one um, I would say that I'm probably struggling with right now. Um, so you can, uh, you can afford a little bit more than the people you interact with daily, and it makes you feel superior to them somewhat. Technical wealth but actually insecurity that's likely to backfire into social poverty. I don't think this definition really expands enough on this because I could see how this, this this happens naturally. Like if you've had long lasting friendships, this is always going to happen naturally, yeah. right? Somebody's yeah. always gonna have more, like get to a point where they're more successful in some regards, financially mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, what would you say the insecurity is? Well, and this, I'll blend the, the next one. You know, it, so it says you have a high savings rate that puts a gap between your mood and most, you know, financial hassle. I guess the insecurity is, I haven't right quite put my finger on it yet, but it's just like, I guess, like, I don't want to keep growing. And I'm just looking at this from a financial standpoint financially and then leave others behind you yeah, know what i'm saying because I, I, one thing so and i don't know if it's just even just a money thing i, I think it kind of comes back to time because what i'm finding is i'm starting to have more freedom of time when i talk about what wealth is to me right so i'm starting to have more freedom of time and mm-hmm. I, I see that i see that manifesting in my life and even mm-hmm. when i when i didn't work for two years i remember having so much time and no one to hang out with because who's going to yeah. hang out with me at 11 a.m you know i'm going to the gym playing ball i'm going to the beach like mm-hmm. and i couldn't hang out with any of my friends so yeah. then i remember trying to get another group of friends you know who actually had the time and i just didn't deal with them like that right so it's like that insecurity of i want to be with the group that i'm close with but it's just like we're not on the same page right now because of like decisions whatever it is yeah I, I can see that. You know, something that like when I'm reading this comes to mind is just as you like as you grow, as your financial position changes, like your priority changes, right? So mm-hmm. I can think of friends I've had for a long time, and like going out and and buying the bar is like is not a big deal, right? Like they'll yeah. drop a few hundred dollars in a night, and. It, I'm not that like every once in a while if I'm drunk enough you can catch me where like money is disposable to me but I am never that guy like it stresses me out like (laughs) even though I may have more money in the bank like just seeing like just being in a position where the people around me are just doing frivolous things unnecessarily it stresses me the freak out (laughs) like so I, so I don't know, and I and I think that that that's hard for me because I like I remember one time before I lived in LA, um, I took a, a a trip out here, um, with a friend of mine, and we were um when it got to the we were splitting expenses, 
Mm-hmm. And when it was when we got to the rental car counter, um, of course they offered the upgrade, and I'm like, nah, I'll take my nine dollar a day rate. <laughs> and he was like, nah, we need that upgrade. We're in LA, blah blah blah. And I'm like, what benefit is that going to bring to this trip, having an upgraded car? And it, like it finally got to the point where he's like, I'll pay the difference, and I'm like, cool. But like little things like that, where it's like my mindset is just so different. And when it comes to financial things, I'm sometimes so uncompromising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because I've had to make some hard decisions, like to, to get to a better financial position that like sometimes the little things, like I get stuck on them. Yeah. Cause like yeah. the grand scheme, scheme of things, spending three, $400 in a night isn't, re- isn't gonna change my financial position, right? I mean, unless you do that every night, but you unless you do it every, every night, night, but it burns my soul to even like think about it. Like, <laughs> like I'm not. No, doing I it. I hear you, and that this is one way that I've changed over the years because I felt like I was so stringent. Even when me and my wife first got together, I was so stringent on money, and I'm balling out my fist right now. And yeah, I heard the adage that if this is how you act, you know, with money then no money can come in because yeah you, you, no money is coming out but no money is coming in right yeah so over the years i've learned to be not not stupid with money but just mm-hmm. not as stringent right and it's not a natural thing for me i have to remind myself look you're making money now have fun so i like to be on the spectrum from yolo to like super frugal right i like to be right in the middle because yeah. like I'm not gonna YOLO, <laughs> you know. I'll YOLO every now and then, but you know, I think it's benefits to both. So I like to try to. I live agree. My life, like like right you gotta have there. those memories, right? But yeah, yeah. And sometimes it takes a little. And crazy. This, I mean, it kind of reminds me too. We had a question last week about like someone asking, "Are they saving too much for retirement?" I think sometimes you can get so focused on just saving all this money for retirement four yeah. years from now. And you're not living your life, you know, with the money that you're earning, you know? Yeah. But, and that's why you got to build that stuff into your budget. You got to, yeah. like, I always, regardless of what your income position is, if you, you can't do a total 180, right? And not build in money. If you love shopping, you should budget for shopping. You shouldn't say, I'm going to go cold turkey because then you're going to end up blowing up the budget. Like yeah. you should, you should budget for entertainment um, and then know that every month your budget's not going to be a hundred percent, but right. like just being, just being around people that just don't have any regard for how they are spending, it stresses me out. So yeah. I just can't do it regularly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Uh, so here's another one. I know there's people, you know, I, I, I worked in the nonprofit world and this mm-hmm. reminds me of this type of person. Now, I wasn't this type of person because I ain't going to say I, I, I had a job that I loved. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it says you have a job you love surrounded by people you enjoy, but one that doesn't pay well and leaves you vulnerable and stressed about your finances. So this is financial poverty and life wealth. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I see this a lot, you know. I've been faced with this decision before um, a couple times in my career. Um, and I, I would say there have been times I've made the wrong decision. So, um, there was one point where I was in a job that I really did enjoy. I was traveling a lot. I was doing a lot of things. Um, and I had a, an opportunity to, and this is actually when I got my first six figure job. 
to do a job that um, I had to move to a less desirable location. That's when I moved to Texas. <laughs> um, and it was just not a job that I was excited about. Um, and I was miserable the entire time. So like I always tell people, um, obviously like you, you counsel people on their career a lot when you work in HR and I always tell people not to take a job just for money. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's times where um, where I've been in a good spot and in a job that was going well and I enjoyed it as much as I could enjoy a job. And I had to take a leap of faith to take to take on something different um, and make it work because it would put me in a better financial position. And I think <laughs> I think it was the right, you know, the, the, the last time I did it, I think it was the right thing to do because it set me up to be able to, to, to have more freedom in the future. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if you, I think work is only part of the equation. Right. So being happy at work, I think, is really important. However, if it's putting you in a position that you can't be happy in the rest of your life, um, I think it's it, it, it's time to start exploring other options. Yeah, or side hustles or, you know, things like that, you know, because, again, like it may not take a lot of money. You know, maybe a person like this only needs an extra seven hundred and fifty dollars a month to to be okay. You know, and that doesn't necessarily have to come from that job. Maybe it can come from other other avenues. Um, Yeah. But, you know, when I when I read this, I think of and I'll just put myself I mean. I think this would be like the one of the ultimate goals for me too is and it may not be a job per se but maybe an opportunity that I love something I love doing mm-hmm. every day that I wake up and I'm excited to do yeah that it doesn't pay well but I don't care because I have other means of income or you know streams of income supporting myself I think that's yeah. like the one of the ultimate goals because it's just like doing something that you love every day is very mm-hmm. fulfilling and it's very beneficial you know for your psychological well-being yeah you're right and i think for this is something people have to be okay with a lot of the times when they decide that they're going to be a full-time entrepreneur mm-hmm. um and you're going to love and you're going to be passionate about what um what you're doing but in most cases it's not going to pay you what your nine to five was paying you and so you have to like live off of that fulfillment for a while until you can build your business. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's one that, man, I am trying to get to, and I'm just, I, I, I fall off, but I think this is like probably one of the most important things just in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go to bed and wake up when you want to. You have time to exercise, eat well, learn, Think slowly, which is key, mm-hmm. and clear your calendar when you want it to be clear. So this is health wealth. And for me, the, the opportune thing is think slowly. I think when going back to like the whole predatory thing, when you have to think quickly, you have to always be reactive is when you start making those unhealthy decisions, not only financially, but mentally as well. Yeah. But I like to just sit back and just think and just kind of strategize on things that I should do. And just thinking slowly is really thinking clearly. Like you can actually have like just really you could be settled in your thoughts and settled in your decisions if you have time to think and then just, you know, react from from there. Yeah, I really I really struggle with this Um, in every single every single thing (laughs) in in here. I struggle with I go to sleep late. I don't like to wake up early, but I'm in a job that forces me to. Um, 
even and I still go to sleep late knowing I have to wake up early. So I, I, I'm I'm always tired, which I don't know if that's part of being an adult or if that's just me. But I have never I can I think one time in the last 20 years, I can say I wasn't tired. I, I woke up and be like, I got enough rest. And I probably was like on vacation out of the country or something. Um, and the thinking slowly. And I think part of this is from me working in retail for my entire career where like, you know, there was always, when you have like a hundred plus employees and customers pulling you in so many directions and it's such a complex business, you have to be able to like make quick decisions and, and and move on, right? And I think it's gotten to a point where sometimes I make quick decisions when I should be more analytical and thoughtful, but sometimes I just don't know how to. Like naturally, like when something comes up, I want to be able to deal with it and per- and like move on. And a perfect example, like being an HR manager through the pandemic was extremely difficult for me yeah. because when you're in HR people think you're a catch-all for all people's problems yeah. right? They, right some people think you're a therapist um, <laughs> and there were so many people that would call my phone to like vent about like pandemic related things whether it was our policies or their safety and my instinct is always to provide a solution but there was nothing that I could have said that would have made those people feel better right they knew what the policies were so like me reciting it to them was only making it more frustrating for them right um they just wanted me to listen but like the problem solver in me feels the need to always respond and i think it's so hard for me to just like sit back and think and analyze or even just listen yeah i mean my grandmother always told me that you have two ears and one mouth for a reason right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that yeah it definitely is hard to do that um but one thing that um i think about too is just i think this is ingrained in us as americans Mm -hmm. just the culture american culture is always go 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 and especially being from a big city chicago yeah you know it's just always go 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 after a while that becomes really unhealthy you know and I, i always see it when i when i go overseas when i go to like some of these other countries you know, mm-hmm. it's just not that, you know, it's like they actually and I know there's other things. I don't live in those countries. So there's other, you know, aspects that probably are not favorable. But um, one thing that I do like is how like some countries like shut down like mm-hmm. at 6 p.m., you know, or or 12 in the middle of the day to have coffee. I, I think it's just like for me, it's just like, man, that is so refreshing. Right. Yeah. And it's like sometimes like here, like I can't shut down. I feel like I can't shut down. I feel like I can't even take time to eat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm always doing something, whether it's for uh, a nine to five, whether it's for my, my side businesses, whether it's for, it is always something every moment of the day is, is, is filling a, a, a second every day. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's why I said I want to work on this because I want to be intentional about this where it's just like this is what I do this is second nature because ultimately you need to take care of yourself your health first if you're going to be able to achieve all these things anyway yeah um, I want a siesta <laughs> like I want to be able like imagine how more produ- how much more productive we would be if we could just take a nap in the middle of the day if we felt tired right man um, 
I remember I used to work for I, I most I recently worked for H and M and H and M for a lot of people don't know is a, is based in Sweden and uh, they Sweden Sweden has the they they require I think a minimum of forty one vacation days a year or something like that so what would happen every summer um, they pretty much would shut down so I remember like you know as being in HR, there were certain things that our team in Sweden needed to support us with, but they would tell us, get it, get it in by this deadline, or <laughs> it's not going to be done for at least a month, because, like, we taking this vacation, whether y'all like it or not. Like, right. it can keep going and doing business as usual in the U.S., but in Sweden, ain't nobody going to be here to do nothing. We're going on our month-long vacation. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was, like, wild. That, like, the whole, like, how could this global company our headquarters be shut down for this length of time but like the government made it a priority and it happens yeah yeah i mean yeah man i don't think that's ever gonna happen in america um but i don't know but it's just like maybe we need to take it upon ourselves and just i don't know try to build our life that way and that may be making some hard decisions for the first you know for the next five I, years in order to be able because it all comes down to money that's the only reason why we're not doing that right yeah it, and it, i also think that we and i think we need to take it upon ourselves and have and be able to control our own destinies but yeah. also and and this is not a political episode at all but like we need to elect politicians that really care you know that really see the vision of like all the like we're not just representing the baby boomers or whatever and you know we we keep these people in office for years after years and decades after decades but the way that we think is not the same and our priorities aren't the same as our parents priorities right yeah yeah. so why shouldn't congress represent us and they're like if a law comes before them that says corporations need to guarantee this amount of time off that shit is dead on arrival um, yeah. because they're thinking about profit and the economy, but I think you can drive those goals another way without having people run down, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree. Totally agree. Alright, so the last one that we'll get into is um, you know, ultimate wealth, I guess, from, mm-hmm. from you know all aspects. So you are respected and admired by people you want to respect and admire. You, uh, you, regardless of your financial circumstances, psychologically speaking, you are now on the Forbes list of billionaires. I mean, that's great. Um, and what I love about it is, what I love about that is, it's you're respected and admired by the people that you care about yeah. respecting and admiring. Exactly. But um, I guess if I could add a twentieth, it would be about self fulfillment, right? Because this is still about like your perception the the way other people perceive you and feel about you right i think the ultimate i would end my list on how i perceive myself with that ultimate you know and i think i would end the list the way we started this podcast which is like i can do whatever the hell i want to do when i want to do it how i want to do it right enough said i don't have anything to add on that so we'll end (laughs) on that um yeah, man, this is, I know this is a little bit different, you know, than the, the um, you know, actual technical way of like achieving wealth. But I think 
I wanted to get into this just because I, I like thinking analytically. I like thinking more broadly about about money because money, like I said, is more is more, in my opinion, psychological than than actual tangible. Yeah. So I think the word of the day is don't just chase the dollars, chase what the dollars will bring you, which is ultimately freedom and happiness. Yeah, and that was more than a word, so that was like the phrase of the day. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, my stock of the day. Okay, there you go. Let's see. <laughs> Ties into what you were just talking about, which is psychological happiness, and it's Karuna Therapeutics, K-R-T-X. It trades for $134 a share currently, and they are pursuing psychological happiness. So they are in the... Um, they, 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 they develop... Uh, psychological drugs to treat psychosis um but one thing that i love about this 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 company is they're also developing drugs to treat dementia so that when you get to retirement and you get to that happiness you can keep that happiness and keep your mind right um so check it out krtx karina therapeutics and all right uh, go get some happiness and i just want to say one thing about a stock tesla man they are on a run they hit over a thousand uh yesterday they're a little bit down right now but Which is wild. Crazy. What was Tesla when they split last year? They were at thirty, uh, around three thousand. So they went from they split five times. So it went down to no. Where were they at? Yeah, it went down to six hundred dollars. So that three thousand is equal to six hundred dollars. That's and, wild. And now, so technically, it's at five thousand dollars, right? If you if you multiply it times five, so I'm a very happy man because even when it they split. It went to 600 it went down to like the 500s i was still buying when it went down right mm-hmm. i just i love tesla man well I, I, did you see that hertz announced today or yesterday that they're buying a hundred thousand yeah. teslas yes so i saw that yes. the rental car game is is changing About i to mean change yes i love it i love it so that's all i want to say tesla is definitely a, a large part of my portfolio i will continue to buy tesla not today. I mean, it's been going up too much, but uh, I'll continue to buy Tesla, you know, because I think Tesla is, is it's 10 years today. I think they they're at the infancy of, of what the company is actually going to be. That's all I I'll know, say about man. That. I think I mean, Tesla is definitely a winner, but um, some of these odd, other auto manufacturers, more of them are creeping into the electric space. So I think um, which will I, just benefit Tesla. I feel it, like at the end, I mean, you know, Tesla is the benchmark. Um, but my remember just on last week's episode we talked about you know my bad decision being lucid yeah and they, since then they, my lucid my lucid stocks in the green yeah so, yeah yeah there we have it so i'll just say my d money's loving i i said at the beginning of the episode is the psychology of money by morgan hassel so go and uh check check out that book it's a great book and do something do something this week to protect your mental health and yeah. your own psychology so definitely um, Thank y'all for listening to us ramble for 51 minutes. <laughs> 51 is right. All right. All right. We're All right. out. Later. Peace.